Is there a number at which... I can be bought? <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. Mm-mm. No. Oh, million, explosive allegations from Carrie Lake, who hopes to be the next senator there in Arizona. Truly explosive allegations. And now they're coming on both sides because the chairman of the Republican Party in Arizona, he is resigning. Amid the revelation of these tapes, we're going to play them for you. Daily Mail had the exclusive, but they are out. And let me tell you, this is not pretty. It could potentially be exposing what so many people fear in politics. Yet simultaneously, you look at what Jeff DeWitt is saying right now, and it really calls into question just exactly how these tapes were made, how these tapes were edited, and why is it that people are secretly recording each other in this day and age? Hello, welcome to the program, everyone. Wow, what a night it was for Donald Trump in New Hampshire. I'm going to tell you why the numbers you saw. I mean, he won by a big amount, but I'm going to tell you why he won by even more because there was a certain system that puts a Republican like Donald Trump at a big disadvantage in the state of New Hampshire, which just tells you he's going to do even better on the national stage. Welcome to the program. I am Trish Regan. We're brought to you as always by our good friends over at LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560, one 589 well, what a night it was. I'll tell you, New Hampshire, I was here with a lot of you guys. I'm going to get to see some of your comments in just a little bit. But we were here live. This is a live show. And as soon as that news crossed, we had it. But what stunned me, what shocked me, was how quickly it crossed. I mean, right away, we knew that Donald Trump had won New Hampshire. He took to the podium there in Nashua for a victory lap, congratulating everybody who had worked on the campaign, because believe me, a lot went into this in terms of trying to beat the so-called establishment, if you would, in the Granite State Watch. Fantastic state. This is a great, great state. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now, three, three. We win it every time. We win the primary. We win the generals. We've won it. And it's a very, very special place to me. It's very important. If you remember, in 2016, we came here and we needed that win. And we won by 21 points. And it was great. And uh, today, I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely. when it was at 7, but now I just walked up and it's at 14. But, but she ran up when it was 7. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And, you know, last, last week we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around, I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. And then I looked at the polls. She was talking about most winnability, who's going to win. And I had one put up. I don't know if you see it, but I have one put up. We've won almost every single poll in the last three months against crooked Joe Biden, almost every poll. And she doesn't win those polls. And she doesn't win those. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And you, uh, 
You have the you have the very the now very unpopular governor of this state. This guy, he's got to be on something. I've never seen anybody with energy. He's like uh, hopscotch. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this guy and two weeks ago he said, we're going to win. We're going to win in the land side. We're going to win. About three days ago, he started saying, well, we want to do well. That's a big difference. But I walked out just now. We're 14 points up, and I don't know what it's going to be. But when she was up here, it was like six or seven. And, you know, with like 7% of the vote counted. Now, uh, let, let me just tell you, uh, we, uh, we had an unbelievable week last week. And Wow. Okay. Thanks to Fox, which was the pool camera over on that one for bringing that to us. Uh, we can have another conversation about them. But wow, Donald Trump really having an unusual, he admitted it, right? It was an unusual victory speech. So you got to give him some points for at least owning up to that. It was unusual. But here's the thing, guys. It's an unusual moment. In other words, it's pretty clear who most Republicans would like to see as their candidate. And yet you get the stragglers out there, one straggler in particular, who, by the way, they had a, a once very nice relationship. He appointed her to the UN, right? So they worked together and they had a, a successful enough sort of working relationship that they respected each other enough. I mean, he, he wasn't that harsh on her, but some people have complained, well, you know what? It wasn't magnanimous enough. I'm sorry, this is still a fight, ladies and gentlemen. It is still a fight for him. And he needs to basically have her on the team or off the team. What's curious about all of this is that she's sticking with it, which has me asking, I mean, how deep are those pockets? Who's spending all this money? She's got enough money to stay in the game, watch her here promising New Hampshire that it was not over. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it, and I want to acknowledge that. Now, you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves, saying this race is over. Well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. Okay. Well, you know, you got to win them, right? Like you can't keep coming in second or third and think that that's going to do it. No, 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 Nikki, I'm sorry. You got to win. Okay. Now, Look, it's been done before. That's why they called Clinton the comeback kid. He lost New Hampshire, went on to win South Carolina. Do we think Nikki Haley is going to win South Carolina? What do you guys think, right? I can just tell you, I'm looking at the polls right now, and she's down like 30. So that's going to be really, really, really tough for her. And it's her home state on top of it, so kind of embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about rubbing salt in the wound. Now, look again, let me just say, like having lots of people out there, lots of ideas, all a good thing, but you got to start at some point to coalesce around the person that you want to win. Because otherwise, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you do not want another four years of Joe Biden. I think we've seen the proof is in the pudding, as they say, just exactly what Biden omics <laughs> that'll go down in infamy means for our country what a borderless society means for our country, what chaos overseas and a lack of respect means 
for our country. So it's very clear that at some point, you know, when the train leaves the station, you're kind of on it or you're not. The question is, where is Nikki Haley in all of this? And why on earth is she still there? How much money does she really have? And this ties in. I think I called the title of this podcast, at least on the thumbnail, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, subscribe, is bribes, lies, and secret videotapes. I mean, this is really something to see, and we're going to get to all this because there's just a, a, a tremendous and, and horrendous story coming to us from Arizona surrounding Carrie Lake and Jeff DeWitt, the chairman of the party there. We can talk about that, but before we do, let's understand what's going on on the national stage right now. What's going on with Nikki Haley? Just exactly why she's still in this. I have a lot of perspective on New Hampshire, and I'm going to tell you, he did better. He did better than anyone thinks. Do we have this sound? I'm going to ask Drew because Drew and I were talking about this offline, and and we were talking about this particular soundbite that came via CNN. And I, I'm from New Hampshire, so I know how this works. Basically, people are independents in New Hampshire. And one of the reasons they like to be independents is because guess what? They get to vote in both primaries. And so they feel like then they get more say. And so you have a lot of Democrats that, what did they do? They came out and they voted as, quote, independents. They voted in the Republican primary. So they have every intention of voting Democrat when it comes down to it. But they, they use the independent status that's quirky and enables you to vote in these different primaries. And they went out and they voted not for Donald Trump, but for Nikki Haley. Take a look. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, it's a vote against Trump. Uh, I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the uh, elections than it would be Trump in her. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican, or Democrat? Uh, Democrat. So when you undeclared, you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. What is the... <laughs> you see, New Hampshire's weird. So listen, the fact that he won by as much as he did in the state of New Hampshire where you have all these Democrats coming out of the woodwork to vote against him and for Nikki. In other words, that's not going to get her to first base when it's all said and done. Well, you got a problem. I mean, they, they, they looked at this actually very interestingly over on CNN, and they, they laid it all out with all of the numbers. I want to show you this. It's, it's a big deal because if you look at where the bulk of her support was coming from, it was coming from people that had every intention of voting Democrat. It, it, during prime time. But for this little race here, this little primary, they decided to switch over just so they could vote against Trump. Just like that guy said. Here we go. Take a look at the numbers. Among Trump voters, 70% of them, according to our exit polls, are registered Republicans. Donald Trump, his support, 27% of his voters are registered undeclared or independents. Uh, 3% were unregistered before today. Look at how that compares with Nikki Haley. It's a complete reversal. It's an alternate universe. Among Haley voters, 70% are registered undeclared. Only 27% are registered Republicans. You see that? I mean, incredible, right? So basically, she's bringing all the Democrats out of the woodwork in New Hampshire to vote for her. 
but they fully know that they're going to vote for Biden after the fact. What I, I said all along, did I not say from the beginning she ought to run in place of Joe Biden? <laughs> really? I mean, but Donald Trump said it well in that little victory speech in Nashville, New Hampshire, when he pointed out, hey, Nikki, you know what? You win something. They're coming after you, too. Just wait and see. Take a look. You didn't build hundreds of miles because if there's a board laying on the ground, they say that's a renovation. They call it a renovation. If there's two nails laying from 50 years ago, they say, oh, that was a renovation. These are very dishonest people, and you're always fighting them. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. She's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about. But she will be under investigation within minutes. And so would Ron have been. But he decided to get out. He decided to get out. Now, Vivek, I don't think would be at all because he's perfect, right? (laughs) Look, Vivek has already had some scandal surrounding him that was very politically motivated, right? We've actually seen that in terms of his company because this is what they do. This is how they manipulate things and unfortunately use the law, weaponizing the very system that is designed to protect us against the enemy. And Donald Trump, let's be very clear, they've told us over and over and over and over again, he is, as far as they are concerned, fully, totally the enemy. And thus, it's one after another. They keep piling on, piling on, piling on, and they would do it to anyone. We started to see bits and pieces of it with Ron DeSantis, with the mainstream media when they thought he was doing well. Sure enough, we would certainly see it with Nikki Haley, too. This is how they roll, folks, okay? Wake up and smell the coffee. It is who they are. I mean, heck, they were all over Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was just a bad, bad, bad dude, if you listen to the media reports back in the 2012 vintage, right, when Obama won a second term. Anyway, this is really quite something. She's staying in. She's staying in, even though a lot of people, they really want her out, namely Trump, right? (laughs) He said so much. We had one hell of a night tonight. And one other thing before Vivek comes, do you see that poll? We're going to put it up. We have beaten Biden. You could almost say, who can't? Who the hell can't? (laughs) The man can't put two sentences together. He can't find the stairs off a stage. Who can't? But Vivek, one minute or less. Go do it, Vivek. Okay. And then Vivek got up and and spoke. But he he points out, you know what, she's got to get out. We can beat Biden. Of course, anybody could beat Biden. Was he making a reference? Guys, do we have that video of of Biden just yesterday where he was like gobbledygook? He couldn't hear or understand anything that he was saying at all. If we have this, I think we do. I'd love to see it. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't Mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. What was that? <laughs> really? I mean, what was that? Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to get the benefit? I don't know. Maybe I have an auditory processing disorder or something, but I couldn't make that out. I want to know. Could you guys make that out? Could you make it out at all? If so, let me know. I'm like, what? 
What is he talking about? I mean, for sure. But, you know, poor Joe, poor Joe. There's old and then there's Joe old. I'm not an ageist. But wow, wow, he's showing his age. Anyway, the RNC, they want her out. The head of the RNC, Ronna, look at her on Fox saying, you know, it's time. Lady, it's time. Looking at the math and the path going forward, and I don't see it for Nikki Haley. I think she's run a great campaign, but I do think there is a message that's coming out from the voters, which is very clear. We need to unite around our eventual nominee, which is going to be Donald Trump, and we need to make sure we beat Joe Biden. It is 10 months away till the November election, and we can't wait any longer to put our foot on the gas, to beat the worst president, to beat a president that's kept our borders open, allowed fentanyl to pour through, allowed inflation to, to go rampant. He is hurting the American people, and we need to do everything we can to unite so that we can defeat him. In other words, use the time that you have, right? Time's on your side right now. It's pretty clear who's out in front. It's just that, you know, you got, you got some money out there in the background and you got some never trumpers that really would like to see anybody but trump they don't really care i guess what the majority of republicans think otherwise and thus they're continuing to fund this so even though the head of the rnc whether you like her or not she's making the point that okay we've hit an expiration date on this one she's not going to win south carolina she's not even bothering with Nevada. So, so what's really going to happen here? Well, Joy Reid, who's a big personality that you probably don't watch, and I do these things so you don't have to, right? <laughs> thank you very much. You can thank me anytime. Joy Reid over on MSNBC, basically saying that, you know what? It's good. It's good, good, good. If Nikki Haley's in the game, because there's a lot of different reasons why you might want that, right? Joy Reid is thinking, hey, if she's in the game, then that would mean, over on MSNBC, that would mean that it's more infighting. It would be more problematic for Donald Trump. It means more money getting siphoned Stuff in Texas. Off. Now, I'm not saying she could actually and get it. Yeah. But if you're the donor class that wants Trump gone, going to you tell her, fuck it out for a few months. Money. I'm going to put some more money in your... Joe Biden. Because she wants Joe Biden to win. Here she is. I want to show you Joy Reid on MSNBC. Her analysis. I think we got it. If not, Stuff in Texas. Now, I'm not saying she could actually get it. Yeah. But if you're the donor class that wants Trump gone, you tell her, fuck it out for a few months. I'm going to put some more money in your bank account. Because if he gets convicted... You do want to have a candidate with enough delegates to go in and can be on the floor and have a floor fight with Donald Trump. Woo. She's not wrong. She's actually, for once, spot on. In other words, if you're the big money right now, if you want her to have any chance at all, you tell her, you go, girl, you go, girl, you go. We got rid of Ron DeSantis for you. Think about that, hon, right? We got rid of Ronnie. And so now it's just you. Everyone's making big bets on you. I always thought to myself, you know what? I wonder, I just wonder why it is that Ron DeSantis would actually even run at a time like this. Think about it. I mean, he had a big political future ahead of him. He may still have. I I don't want to discount him. I think he's got talent. But this was not the time or place for someone like him. It wasn't the time or place. Frankly, it won't be for Nikki Haley. 
but someone's in her ear like they were in Ron's ear saying, do it, do it, do it, do it. And don't worry, don't worry. We got you covered. We got you covered. You know what? We're going to help you out every step of the way. Somebody got Ron out of this race and somebody is continuing to keep her in it. This stuff costs money. You have a payroll. You have flights that you need to be on. You get people, staff in South Carolina, all over the country that you need to be employing. So the question is, where is all the money coming from? It's not coming from everyday Americans. Everyday Americans are actually sending in like $20 at a time to the Trump campaign. They've never seen anything quite like it. He launched the thing, of course, initially way back when, right, with his own money, which is what I, which is what I liked about Vivek. It's actually what I liked about Ross Perot, right? When I was a kid, like I, I kind of like people who don't have to depend on big business interests, lobbying interests for their position, so to speak. But, you know, she's like a darling right now. She's a darling of corporate America. And if you're a, a conservative that's a Republican in name only, you know what? She's your girl and you're going to keep trying to float her as much as you can. It's one of the reasons why when she was on Fox and the, the morning host there very smartly and delicately, I'll give her that, asked her like, what the heck are you doing? Like, wh why are you, are you actually going to stay in it? And she promised this is before we knew anything that she was in it to win it and was not giving up. Let's go to this soundbite. Fox and Friends, Nikki the Haley, facts before are any of the results. Donald Trump beat you by 30 points in Iowa. Now in New Hampshire, the facts are that you were down in the polls. These are the polls. We know polls can be wrong. If you don't win today, do you go on to South Carolina? And I'm from South Carolina, and we love you there. We love Tim Scott there, but Donald Trump is also loved there. You don't want to go into your state and lose that state if you stay in the race, because we'd love to see you in some other capacity down the road. What is your response to that? Do you get out if you lose today? No, I don't get out if I lose today. I mean, first of all, again, I'm going to say this. We've had 56,000 people vote for Donald Trump, and you're going to say that's what the country wants. That's not what the country wants. We're going to have New Hampshire vote today. They deserve to have the power of their voice said. I have one. <laughs> Except, of course, it happened to be Democrats that were registered independents and have every intention of voting for Biden that voted for her. I mean, talking about convoluted stuff. And Donald Trump still won. So that tells you a lot. I want to play, I want to play it again. This whole MSNBC, you know, it's a moment. We should like be singing an Alleluia chorus right now when Joy Reid gets anything right. This is like, you know, Oprah, sorry, forgive me. Um, this is like one of the, the view ladies, right? Getting anything right. So Joy Reid gets something right. And, and I want to explore this a little more, especially as it relates to what we just heard from Carrie Lake. So let's play this tape again. Joy Reid, listen very, very carefully what she's saying about the donor class and why it's so important for Nikki Haley to stay in this game. Stuff in Texas. Now, I'm not saying she could actually get it. Yeah. But if you're the donor class that wants Trump gone, you tell her, fuck it out for a few months. I'm going to put some more money in your bank account. Because if he gets convicted, you do want to have a candidate with or enough delegates to go yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. and be on the floor and have but a floor fight with Donald Trump. Isn't too so that's pretty interesting. Think about that. So if you're actually hoping that Donald Trump gets convicted and somehow because of this conviction, this imaginary conviction that's out there that some people are holding their breath on, because of that, he can't actually go to the convention. 
then you need somebody, somebody that can actually accept the nomination. So is that why you keep her there? You string her along, you string her along for that reason in hopes that you, you, you send him off to prison and then she tops the ticket. Wow. I mean, this is really wild to think about, but you got to think about it now. You've got to think about it, especially in light of what we're learning surrounding. And you got to take this all with a grain of salt because I'm going to give you the other side in a second. And you know me, I don't like these secret tapes and this sort of thing. But apparently, Carrie Lake had some kind of recording. And, and she recorded this. She talked about this and like insinuated things in the past. There's the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party that has just resigned over this recording that got leaked to the Daily Mail. Daily Mail had this exclusively, so we want to give them a lot of credit and thank them because we're going to show it to you. By the way, great, great, great site. <laughs> I read it all the time. It's actually fantastic. Get the app. Anyway, Daily Mail reporting that the Arizona Republican chair, Republican Party chair Jeff DeWitt, is resigning over this bombshell audio in which he's allegedly here, now he says it was heavily edited, allegedly bribing Carrie Lake to get out of politics, to not run for Senate in Arizona. And of course, she doubled down and says, this is what I want to do. We have got to listen to this, and I've got to play for you, or read at least to you, what Jeff DeWitt is saying in response. But let's cue this tape up. Drew and I, we've divided it here into like five different sections for you, so we're going to kind of enjoy it and let it digest and figure out just what's going on, because I'm telling you, this is wild. And I, I'm just going to say this before we even start rolling any tape. One, I feel bad for this guy, really, really bad, because he didn't know he was being recorded, right? So let, let's keep that in mind. Two, he's saying it was edited. It probably was. But three, think about this. Why is there so much money in politics? I mean, can we get this darn money out so people are not dependent on this stuff? Remember that as we go to play Lee's. Let's cue part one. Don't use it. Because then we lose our ability to get things done other in the future. Here's this, my problem. Rather than just say, let's work with her. She's a great candidate. Because they don't own me. And it pisses me off. Yeah, it's not it's about ownership. It's about control. I don't know if it's about control. It's about being on the team. I guess that's you know what I mean? They want to be on the team. They want you to be on their team. But Just team. You know? But if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? They want you to stay out for two years. <laughs> but, let me tell you what I can offer you. But, um... I said, you can do whatever you want. Talking head, this and that. So the ask of me was, it's kind of funny. So the, the ask I got today from back east was, this is, has to between us. Is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her, to keep her out? And I said, well, what do you want them to do? Whatever we need to do. This is about defeating Trump. And I think that's a bad, bad thing for our country. I mean, so you heard that. And again... Keep in mind, 
He's pretty upset about this. He says it was edited. This was done in confidence. That's another part of this story that we have to discuss. But he's saying, hey, I talked to them back east. And they're like, give her, give her whatever she wants. Give her what she just needs to sit the next two years out. Wow. So what? They think that people can be bought and sold and traded? And someone like Carrie... I'm just going to say she's got, she's a force, right? She's got tremendous presence and she commands the room and she commands the crowd and heck, you know what? She's a former TV broadcaster. There you go. Thank you very much. We get that going on, right? So she knows, she knows how to capture uh, the, the attention. And so they're frightened. They're really frightened of her. And she picks up on this. I want you to hear the next part of this tape. Because it goes on and they start talking about what it is that they can offer her. It, it kind of makes your skin crawl. Again, in fairness to Jeff DeWitt, I'm going to read his statement. He says this is all taken out of context, but, you know, let's listen. Daily Mail has it. Is there a number at which I can be bought? <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. Mm-mm. No. 10 million, 20 million, third, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even, that anybody would think this is. I, I, no, to be fair, even me, even me, I'll say this. I want a fresh face right now for the reason that I've never seen anyone, I can't think of a single person in a federal race who've lost, ran in and lost. Okay. Can't think of it. If you can think of it, let me know. I am not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. I, mean, I, I, I can win and they words. should get behind me. I would. I will happily say those words. Yeah. Do you think my words will carry any weight? No. Okay, well, did you think you would come in here and that I would be bought? Good for her. So good for her. There's this back and forth. She's like, I'm not for sale. These people don't have our country's interests at heart. And I'm not going to do what they want me to do. Why should I, for goodness sakes? Why should I? And by the way, I'm not going to do what they want if I do win. That got out there as well. So then they start to go back and forth. And, and this guy's apparently saying, well, here's part of the problem. Like, even theoretically, if we were going to get them to give you something, what is it that you offer them? I mean, you don't really have the kind of, quote unquote, access that they want, right? Because she's just coming across as a man, a gal of the people. And apparently, corporate doesn't want that. Corporate wants something else. <laughs> Listen to this part. It's not good for our country, Jeff. It's not. But at the same time... I'm not even sure Trump can win again. I don't know that he can win. Mm. So he says I think what it really comes down to for a lot of people, it's not only about like control or agenda, it's just about the ability to raise money to win. You know? If you really want to know, all of politics, politics boils down to money, I think. Mm-hmm. And even on there, like, what he's makes like, sense? We can't understand him. But he yeah, says, even in the end. All these consultants don't want their, their payday to end. And I don't want to make a deal with these kind of people. Okay, so again, going back and forth. She doesn't want to make a deal. And it doesn't sound like they can make a deal. Let's go. What are we on? Clip number four. 
that we can hear of Carrie and Jeff DeWitt again, courtesy of Daily Mail. They had the exclusive. We can talk about how they got it because Jeff is, is making some accusations here in his, oh gosh, this is like two full pages as he resigns as head of the Arizona Republican Party. Anyway, let's go to some more of Carrie Lake and Jeff DeWitt. I want to work for the betterment of Arizona. I'm I'm not going to let these people back in D.C. tell me not to run. Tell me not to run. I'm not going to pause for two years. The battle is now. I'm offended by whoever these people are that they're trying to buy me out of. You should be honored. But I'm offended that there's people back there who just don't give a about our country. Do you understand that? You should be honored. That that (laughs) means they know how powerful you are. Well, I can tell them that. If you were powerful, they they wouldn't want to have this conversation. Yeah. Right? You should be. Very few people get this. I know. I'm just, I'm pissed that they don't care more about our country. It's all about. <laughs> She's mad. She's really, really mad. She referenced this because this thing happened a few months ago, but she has referenced this a few times out on the campaign trail saying she was offered basically whatever she wanted to not run, but she felt so compelled to do this. Let's go to the last little portion, and then you will have heard the whole thing, and then we're going to go to Jeff DeWitt and his comments. But this is the last part of Carrie Lake, basically with this this secret tape that she, I guess, had been holding onto. Uh, Here's the the final installment. Yeah. You don't have any to offer them. And they're sitting around people that have something to offer them. You know what I mean? It's just, it's... it's a it's a backscratching club. That's all DC is. It's a big mm-hmm. backscratching club. You're in no you're in no position to scratch anybody's back, and you've already made it known that if you get there, you're not going to scratch anybody's back. I don't scratch people's back. You know, I was I've been on the outs for a lot of people for a long time, because I don't scratch my backs. Mm-hmm. You know, where are we in two years if they steal the election again? Okay. Listen to so, what you're saying. <clears throat> Why don't we do something about it? So that we the people can pick our. What can we do? I'm not willing to accept that, and I'm going to be the biggest pain in these people. <laughs> Go back and tell them that. I'm running, and I'm going to be the biggest pain in their Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So there's a lot to unpack there. But I think before we even get into, and, you know, I feel for the guy because suddenly he's on a national platform, and he's like, wait a second. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. Carrie, you're my friend. I'm just telling you, this is the way the world works. And she's exposing it now. And so he's kind of going down in flames which isn't, you know, entirely, it does sound like he's just the messenger, right? Apparently they were good friends. We'll get into that. But what it is exposing and what it is showing is something pretty important in that there's so much money in politics and it's like a revolving door. I mean, this is what people complain about with the darn deep state, right? They're in and out of business and the White House. And that's kind of a problem. And when they're not doing that, they're on the board of some big corporation. Nikki Haley keeps getting in trouble for her board positions, right? Everybody's like, ooh, she made her money from Raytheon. I mean, it's just kind of unseemly. Now, everybody's got to earn a living. Don't get me wrong. you got to earn a living, and uh, we all respect that. But there's something, when you combine this, you look at what's going on with the allegations of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. We're going to get into the art, because you see how this all ties in together? There's something really quite gross, unbecoming, unseemly 
about this revolving door and the the back scratching. I mean, DeWitt literally saying it in that tape, trying to say, you know what part of the problem is? I guess at this point they were deciding that, you know, maybe she couldn't do anything in D.C., couldn't do anything back east because she wasn't willing to scratch their backs the way they expected them to be. He said he's not willing to do it either. But nonetheless, you understand. And by the way, this story won't get the attention it needs. It won't because you know what? People try to bury this stuff under the rug. It's just business as usual. But there's something really compelling, let me just say, about anyone who's out there doing it for their own reasons, whether they've funded the campaign themselves like Vivek did or like Ross Perot did or like Trump did. Or, you know, look, I'll give her credit. Lake telling this guy to go take a hike. I'm just troubled by the whole recording thing. So let me read to you his statement. This is the statement from the Arizona Republican Party chair that is no longer. He just resigned. And he writes, in light of the recent revelation that Carrie Lake has released, a selectively edited audio recording of our private conversation, I must clearly address this deceptive tactic. The recording from over 10 months ago is not only taken out of context, but also undermines the integrity of private discussions critical for party leadership. As chairman, my primary duty is to strengthen our party, which often involves challenging dialogues and strategic decisions. These conversations are meant to assess and enhance the viability of our candidates. He goes on and on to that front. But let me get to some more interesting stuff because he talks about his relationship with Carrie Lake. And he said, contrary to the notion of me being an enemy of Lake's, this conversation was recorded while I was actually employing Lake in my private company. Okay, so that's interesting. She was employed by him in his company on the side. This is like, what, 10 months ago. In fact, for over a year and a half, we had many conversations where I was looking out for her financial interests The ethical breach in her recording of our conversation while Lake was my employee, he writes, raises serious legal and moral concerns. This act of recording was not just a betrayal of trust, but also a violation of the fiduciary responsibilities of an employee. Do I see a lawsuit coming? All right. Contrary to accusations of bribery, my discussions were transparent and intended to offer perspective, not coercion. Our relationship was based on friendship, and the conversation that is now being scrutinized was an open, unguarded exchange between friends in the living room of her house. I genuinely believed I was offering a helpful perspective to someone I considered a friend. Lake, he writes, has a massive megaphone. We know that, and he said, it's one that I cannot compete with. I'm just a financial and business guy that got recruited into this unpaid role, I guess it's her advisor, that demands the amount of time of roughly two full-time jobs, nights, weekends, holidays, and more are all on work days. So actually, I think he's referring there to his Republican Party chairman position. My motivation for accepting this position was that I wanted to contribute positively with the primary focus being the betterment of Arizona and our nation through the election of competent individuals. While there is much more I could express, I must refrain myself from defending myself as it could potentially undermine this objective. And he goes on. He goes on. And he really questions her, her integrity, her character. And he's clearly devastated, it sounds like, as a friend. Because this, as he points out, was a conversation that was supposed to have been had in confidence. So... 
why did she release it now? That's a question worth asking. I think he's kind of asking this question too. She wants to run for Senate. Her name has been floated as VP. And while some people might say, hey, you know, this is great. She's, she's, she's sticking it to the man, so to speak. I actually think when you hear this other side of it, and you do listen to the tape, he's kind of like, okay, this is the message I'm conveying from back east. It's actually not, not him. He's not the problem as much as the system itself, right? The system itself is effectively the problem because that's where the corruption comes in. You have too much big interest and we need more people that are their own people. Look, this is what people keep responding to over and over and over again. They see Donald Trump as somebody who's going to stick up for them instead of sticking up for corporate interests. And for some reason, the left is always surprised. They're like, wait, really? Like, they, they like him? How could anybody possibly like Trump? Well, you got to be a bad person. It's 75 million bad people in America. If they like Trump, they are bad. It's funny because the guy that was running to, to take Biden's spot, too bad nobody took him seriously, Dean Phillips in New Hampshire, he was telling CNN you know what? These people aren't as bad as we thought. Gosh darn it. You got to meet some Trump supporters in the state of New Hampshire. Listen to him here. We have a crisis of participation. And I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly, all of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. Now you can say that again. I mean, they have just vilified one person and therefore half the country that actually believed in that one person, that voted for that one person. And Dean Phillips is trying to explain, you know what, they're all human beings. It's like Jamie Dimon the other day out there at Davos trying to tell everybody at CNBC, hey, you know what? We got to get away from this. We got to understand that these are not just a bunch of crazies. These are actually good people, nice people. I can tell you, I've been to a Trump rally in New Hampshire. And it was phenomenal. I mean, the energy, first of all, of the crowd, but he's not wrong. The niceness, the kindness, the manners. Okay, you want to get through. I was traveling with, with some of my kids and and people being so helpful and and that sort of gentility that that kindness it is very in my estimation very american and for for the for the left to look down on that to look down on people because they hold a certain value set dear there's something fundamentally wrong with that so dean phillips i'm glad you got to go to a rally i'm glad you got to figure this out and i'm glad you got to tell the world there on CNN that, you know, half the country is made up of not bad people like they keep trying to tell us, but really good people. It, it's, it, it's so true. And it's actually, I'm going to give a plug for, for one of my friend's shows again, because it just inspires me and reminds me at this particular moment. As we talk about Phillips and his sort of shock that, wow, these people are really nice at the Trump rallies. You know, Americans are really nice and we've got great histories and great stories. And that needs to get told over and over and over and over again. 
because we never want to forget it. So my friend, Lee Habib, he's got a fantastic, fantastic podcast. It's like growing, 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 growing. Has nothing to do with politics. So you get to take a little breather, right? Go look at Our American Stories. You can download it anywhere you get your podcast. That would be on Apple or on Google or on Spotify. I hope you've downloaded mine, by the way. Please make sure you do. You get a full audio version of this podcast free every single day, The Trish Regan Show. But what's great about Our American Stories is you start to hear all that tremendous culture that we have here. I mean, look, we've come from all over. We've had all kinds of different people become success stories in the United States of America. And it's for one reason. There's a commonality there in terms of work ethic that I find incredibly inspiring in terms of an ability to persevere, right? We go back and we go back and we go back again. In terms of just the creativity, ingenuity, Lee was on the show the other day and he was talking about the guy who started Holiday Inn. And he figured out because he was traveling with his five kids all over the country to see family members, it was getting kind of annoying having to pull into every single motel, ask them their price, go inspect the room and see whether or not they'd take him, his wife and his five kids. And one day he said, you know what? I want to change this. I want to find a solution. And sure enough, he did. So you could pretty much be guaranteed it was going to be in a certain price range or it was going to be a certain cleanliness to the room and they'd take your five kids. There you go. Holiday Inn was born as well as the franchise business. So go listen to this, Our American Stories. And remember, we're all good people here. It is a great country. We need to preserve, to protect, to honor it, and to remember what got us here in the first place. Our American stories, anywhere you get your podcast. Anyway, you got rhinos right now out there, the Republican in name only kind of class, doubling down, doubling down really hard. They want Nikki Haley. They don't understand the appeal of Trump, but I'm going to be pretty simple on it. You know what? Border, 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 economy, 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 inflation. Oh, wow. You know what? You had me, well, you had me at border, but you definitely had me at inflation. You know that, guys. It's been a big concern of mine. It's certainly a big concern. Um, I, I have told you, you listen to the administration on this one. It kind of cracks me up. They're like, oh, it's lower, it's lower. I'm like, no, it's not lower. For goodness sakes, you got it up to nearly 10%. And sure, it's not 10%. What are we, near 4% right now? But that's on top of the 10%, all right? This is cumulative, baby, cumulative. Why does nobody understand that? Don't sit there with a straight face and tell me you get inflation under control because you know what? Prices went up and they continue to go up. And maybe they're not going up 10%. Yippee, 9.6%, 9.8%. We topped up, topped out around there, but we're still up. It's one of the reasons why I keep saying, you know what? Consider diversification. Diversify into something else with your portfolio. Look, the market's been doing great. Let's hope that continues. Donald Trump thinks it's because of him. Great soundbite the other night. I've played it for you where he told Fox, actually, well, I think the market's going up because everybody thinks I'm going to win. And then he also said, and if I don't win, prepare yourself because it could be a big crash. But anyway, uh, whether or not that's true, there may be a component to it. I wouldn't doubt that. I do think that there's a desire to have more stability, especially on the global front. But also you get all this AI stuff. So tech stocks were running up. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do in this environment. But one way to protect yourself against inflation is through the purchase of gold. You can look at a gold IRA. You can look at a actual gold account. I mean, Legacy Precious Metals, wonderful sponsor of this program. We love them there. Charles has been on the show. He comes on all the time. 
great, great, great guy. So legacypminvestments.com, that is their website, one 589 You are more than welcome, of course, to use my name for whatever it's worth. Give them a call. Tell them I sent you. Talk to them about what it is that your goal is in terms of diversification. And, you know, everybody has different goals. That's the reality. So listen to what they have to say. Always make your own choices. Be educated in your decisions. But know that they're a pretty good team over there. one 589 our economy is not doing great. And so Donald Trump offers a different path, a different solution. Joe Biden, more the same. I did warn you, did I not? I mean, hey, hate to say I told you so, but you know what? I, I try never to steer anybody wrong. And the reality is I did say way back when that we were going to have really bad inflation. And it was really, really important to pay attention to policy because you had the guy who was hanging out in his basement versus the guy who had some mean tweets, but you had to think about really what was at stake from a policy perspective. This wasn't just personality, if you would. I mean, look, personality counts for something. And, and, and I, don't get me wrong. And there are people that really feel like Trump rubs them the wrong way. There are others that kind of laugh it off. But I'll tell you what rubs me the wrong way. It's when we have a country that's failing and that feels like where we are right now. We really feel like we're failing. So no matter how nice a guy Joe Biden is, and I don't think he's that nice a guy, it's not going to win over me. Thank you very much because of his decisions on the economy and also his rhetoric. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. Anyway, apparently the auto unions aren't. We've been talking about big money. So we're going to get to this story. Take a look, ladies and gentlemen, the auto unions are coming forward, UAW. They are endorsing Joe Biden for president in 2024. Great. Okay, it's good that the union bosses are in on that one because uh, it's just the union bosses, thank you very much, and the union money. What about the union workers? You think they're going to vote for the guy who's costing them so much more money? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, this is one of the phenomenal shifts that we have seen really since 2016. You saw all these crossover votes, right? People that historically had been Democrats, that blue-collar Democrat that, that Joe Biden has just shoved aside because he's so worried about DEI, that that blue-collar working-class white guy in Pennsylvania or in Michigan is no longer worthy. Well, that Michigan worker is well aware that he is no longer worthy of the Democrat Party's attention. So great, you know what? You got UAW, but are you going to actually get the people that go and vote? Not just the union bosses here. So that's his big, you know, excitement today. Everybody's like doing high fives at the White House. We got the UAW, we got the UAW, great. But you know what? I don't think that you have the actual people. I really don't. And that fundamentally is going to be the problem. We got big money in politics, whether it's unions or whether it's the arts community. Who knew? Who knew? Let me see if I can share this one with you. Do we have maybe a screen grab we can show folks? This is very interesting. Hunter Biden knew, according to the New York Post, who bought most of his art despite sham ethics plan. This is according to testimony from the White House art dealer. Oh, my goodness. So he had an art dealer like an agent, right, who's out there shopping his art. Well, it can be kind of a problem given his dad's position. So his dad's president, and you understand, like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? And and given some of the ethical concerns here, how do you actually price art? 
why is one thing worth $5 and something else is worth $5 million? It's all up to whoever is buying it, right? They're putting the price on the art. And so what's odd about this whole story is that according to this testimony, the White House art dealer said, oh, no, he wanted to know who bought the art. Well, why would Hunter Biden care? Why did he need to know? I mean, obviously, he shouldn't know. Think about it for two seconds. Hunter Biden definitely should not know. Maybe somebody can keep it in a vault somewhere so that they can make sure there's a Chinese wall, like a real Chinese wall between pops and dad and, and the policy wonks and the lobbyists and the rest of it. Like somebody's going to be keeping an eye on this thing. But Hunter shouldn't be the one to do it because then that actually puts him in the position of looking like it's pay to play. Once again, so here we are back at this. Apparently, the White House spokesperson was saying, quote, a system has been established that allows for Hunter Biden to work in his profession within reasonable safeguards. All interactions regarding the selling of art and the setting of prices will be handled by a professional gallerist adhering to the highest industry standards and any offer out of the normal course would be rejected out of hand. And the gallerist will not share information about buyers or prospective buyers, including their identities with Hunter Biden or the administration. This was Jen Psaki, apparently, who put out this statement. By the way, MSNBC anchor now. She used to be the press person. So then weeks later, apparently, she came out with something else and she's trying to put a little distance between them. We see the art dealers like, wait, what? Nobody had talked to him about this, so the White House is coming out with these statements, kind of like Harvard saying, hey, we ran an investigation into those allegations of plagiarism before they had ever run the investigation, right? They're out with the press release first. So that's going on. The art dealer's like, hey, no, actually, they never talked to me about it. And then he's out there selling art, all kinds of art. So they had five prints. It sold for 75 k each. Here's some, some of his art. <laughs> I don't know if this is the one that went for 75, but uh, again, beauty of the beholder, right? Very, very subjective little business. So there were five of them that sold for a total of $375,000. Wow. Um, There was another one, apparently, that was bought. Don't quote me on the price. I was going to say 500,000, but I want to be careful. There was some like realtor out in L.A., And she wound up getting a a gig where she's in charge of sort of the U.S.'s image all around the world. She'd been in and out of the White House simultaneously is buying Hunter's art, somebody established in the Democrat Party. I mean, come on, like, give me an absolute break. Do you think we are morons? Were we just born yesterday? Do we not have the ability to process that one plus one is two? (laughs) I mean, he just woke up one day, started painting was so inspired and started selling these things off at 75k a pop i don't think so i don't think so and then the the poor art dealer he's like wait a second i didn't ask for this right this is this is bad i mean it's really 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 bad we haven't even gotten to the bottom of the whole ukraine burisma allegations and now there's this I love it. Elon Musk came out today and he's, he's throwing some serious shade. I love Elon. You know what? In for the win. Here is his tweet. 
Here is his tweet. Somebody's tweeting the story, you know, the Hunter Biden, New York Post, careful New York Post, you know, what happened last time we went into an election season. Anyway, New York Post tweets this thing out. Elon Musk writes, a lot of super expensive art is simply money laundering. Wow. So, yeah. And yet Joe's going to tell us one thing over and over and over and over again. You know, I get it. He's a father looking out for his son. I mean, if it were me, I just wouldn't be in politics because that really wouldn't be good for my son. But it, he's a he's a political animal. He wanted to make it to the White House. He wants to be FDR. None of that's going to happen. I mean, he's in the White House, but the FDR thing, forget about it. Here he is telling us, my son did nothing wrong, nothing wrong. I mean, like, I, I don't know how he says this with a straight face. Check it out. It's an open discussion, please. Uh, you, you, it's a fact. I, well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the been totally vice president answer. Discredited. Did Bruce was a report. One hundred eighty-three thousand a month when, with when no they, experience in energy. Mit- Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Burisma. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His, his position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And you can... <laughs> I love that clip. I love that clip. I love it. You know what? It's really interesting on so many levels because on the one hand, you get the, the Fox guy who I guess is at CNN now and he's pushing hard. And he's like, ah, you know, because he has his bias, right? That's the reporter asking the question. And Donald Trump's seen some intel that basically suggests, yeah, the laptop belonged to Hunter and there's lots of other sketchy stuff going on. And I don't know what Joe's thinking. He's just digging in hard. Nope, not true, not true. Misinformation, disinformation. It's all wrong. Look, I got 51 spooks that came out and defended me. (laughs) Bunch of thugs, right? A bunch of lying street thugs pushing their weight around. I mean, this is Blinken, who's now, there's testimony of him explaining, yep, he went to the deputy director of the CIA, that would be Mike Morrell, and they hashed up this plan where they could get 50 more folks to come on and sign something saying it was all Russian disinformation, the laptop wasn't real, except it was. It was, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, gosh, didn't we go through this already with the darn dossier? And then we had to go through it again with where did the virus originate that came from Wuhan, China? Oh, it was a wet market. Maybe, maybe it was the lab that was working with coronaviruses, misinformation. And then you get the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, enough already. Enough. We could go on and on. You see how exhausted the American people are by all of this. So what is the left to do? They are so down in the polls. They know they're going to be toast. They're panicking at the White House. They could bring in maybe Michelle Obama to replace him at some point. We'll see if that works, whether they have the guts to do it, whether he'll let them do it, by the way. He's there in the seat, and he's hanging on for dear life. So next best option, what do you do if you really want to try and convince people Donald Trump is bad? Well, You bring this guy back out of retirement, right? (laughs) John Stewart's going to be returning to The Daily Show on Mondays. Just once a week. That's all he can commit to. You know, he's he's like everyone else in society today. Maybe he's zooming in. (laughs) Anyway, he said he's coming back. Um, They think uh, that he'll help, that he'll help sway public opinion. I'm sure there's a lot of high fives going on. I remember being at the White House Correspondents' Dinner when Barack Obama was president. 
And this guy was the warm-up act, John Stewart. And you'd normally think, wow, you know, the president having to follow John Stewart, that's a tough act to follow. It's a professional comedian. I can tell you, actually, I mean, the one thing, it, we don't like Obama's policies here, and we think he did a lot that was bad to the country, but I'm just going to give him this. Heck of a performer. Heck of a performer actually put John Stewart to shame. He was funnier than John. So John is coming back Mondays only. Tune in to The Daily Show. They think that this might influence your vote. I don't know. We were, we were trying to comb through. My, my producer, Drew, and I, we were like going through all these tapes, right? And I'm like, can we get one where he doesn't swear? Like, what are they going to do? It's like, bleep, 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 bleep. But he's over on Apple TV where I guess you get to swear all the time. Take a look. Well, no, not the swear. This country's rightful owners. There's only one problem with that. This country isn't yours. You don't own it. It never was. There is no real America. You don't own it. You don't own patriotism. You don't own Christianity. You sure as hell don't own respect for the bravery and sacrifice of military, police, and firefighters. Trust me. I saw a lot of people. I saw a lot of people on the convention floor in Cleveland with their Blue Lives Matter rhetoric, who either remained silent or actively fought against the 9-11 First Responders Bill reauthorization. I see you, and I see you. <laughs> so that's, that's the solution. I mean, hey, you know what? You don't have a decent candidate. What do you do? You go out and you get Jon Stewart to come out of retirement for you. Come on, come on, come on. Oops, I'm sorry about that. Don, I was just trying to actually send you a note in the chat. And what did I do? I, I spelled your name wrong because apparently I cannot type and talk at the same time. But I just wanted you to guys know I'm watching. Don pointing out we got, what, 500 likes on this thing. So thank you for that, guys. Um, I want to get to all of these comments and we're just going to have a little bit of a back and forth. Someone said to me yesterday, Trish, you don't understand this medium. You know, you got to go back and forth with the, with the viewers, and we're writing in, and I'm like, no, I, I, I thought I was, but apparently not enough. So you're welcome to ask me anything here in this chat. I'll try and talk to you a little bit about everything in terms of what we're seeing here in uh, the, the political environment and, and what, what you are. But before we do that, one more story I want to get to. Did you guys see this? So everybody's like having this big uproar, big, big, big uproar, because, you know, there was that Barbie film, which actually I saw. I saw and I actually liked, I mean, I, I was watching Ben Shapiro do his thing on it and he hated it, like really, really hated it. I granted Oppenheimer was deeper, better. I liked it more, but Barbie wasn't that awful. I mean, there were certain takeaways. I mean, one of my takeaways was you can do and be anything you want. You shouldn't have to feel like you got to be a beauty queen and president, right? And, and women can stay at home with their kids, whatever you want to do, like fine. So anyway, it, it's, it's causing an uproar right now because there are some, Oscars being divvied up and apparently Margot Robbie didn't get nominated nor did the director and so you got to have the guy come to the rescue here now Ryan Gosling saying he's very disappointed very disappointed that Margot and Gretel got this snub and he said no recognition would be possible for anyone on the film without their talent their grit and he goes to say that I'm, I'm disappointed it is not enough. Basically, what you need to know, headline, there would be no Ken without Barbie. So everybody's all worked up. And I'm like, you know what? Like, you people still don't get it. None of you get it. Because here's the real reward. Guess how much money Margot Robbie made. Guess how much money Greta made. Guess how much they're going to make on the sequel. 
Like they so got you beat, Ryan. They get everybody in Hollywood beat. They get the people that are picking the awards beat. And you know what? In a capitalist society, we don't need these silly little trophies. We need proof that's in the pudding, right? This was funny. So this was the actual statement. But there is no Ken without Barbie. And there is no Barbie movie without Greta and Margot, the two people responsible for this history-making globally celebrated film he continued against all odds and nothing but a couple of soulless, scantily clad and thankfully crotchless dolls. They made us laugh. They broke our hearts. They pushed the culture and they made history. Their work should be recognized along with the other very deserving nominees. That is, unless we just all come to the realization that all of these things, these trinkets are kind of silly. I mean, if you were more focused on profits, companies like Disney wouldn't be trying to remake Snow White in a way that basically like kind of obliterates the story, right? Like the whole romance thing, gone, gone, because Snow White, she can't do that. She's got she's to grow up to want to be president these days. Well, that money is not going to be coming in from the box office. It cost them some, what, $350 million to make, they said, thus far, and they've already postponed it. You think about some of their other films where they're trying to just push this woke agenda down your throat, and those aren't doing well either. I actually thought Barbie kind of had a little something for everyone. You know how conservative I am, and I still actually liked the movie. So my take is a little bit different. Maybe I just hear what I want to hear, but I didn't mind it the way some others did. And what I would say is this. There was something for everyone, and guess what? Greta and Margot, they did win. They won the biggest prize of all because they made more money than all of you people. You know what? You can have all the trinkets and all the silly stuff you want. Um, We are still a capitalist society. So proof's in the pudding, right? Anyway, I want to get out to some of your comments. Make sure that you have subscribed. Make sure that you've liked. Make sure you've done all of those good things. It is great to have you here. And given that someone was a little offended, I didn't go to you the other day. I want to make sure I spent a little extra special time. Yes, Don, thank you so much. Hi, Tower. Good to see you back here. See, I see you with the blue the bright blue star because we just started this little club where you're going to start to get some videos before other people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of got to, I got to scale it in by the way, any ideas I am most welcome to hear them. And if you are watching this on replay, make sure that you, you put in a comment below, by the way, you guys do that too, because all of this helps. It helps the algorithm, but I do read them. So I encourage you to do it. Um, look, the Disney, the Disney company is definitely challenged. I think Abel's on here. He has complained about it actually a lot. I know you watch the stock price quite carefully. And Abel Windsor has pointed out like this stock, I know whenever there's Disney news that Abel's on it and he sends it here in the discussions, in the chats. And I appreciate that. But truly, truly, um, it's, it's remarkable to see how any company could screw themselves up so darn badly. I think Disney kind of takes the the cake on that one because it was so synonymous with America and all the wonderful things about America. And now it's just been so degraded. And the proof is in that stock price, which is down considerably cut in half actually just over the last couple of years. Um, I'm again, I'm looking through, I see all of you here. We have a huge tune in today. So I'm so, I'm so thrilled by that. I really am. Uh, I'm laughing at the blink in his Biden's babysitter bit. That's good. That's good. Um, from an anonymous account, Blinken is Biden's babysitter. Uh-huh. You know, he's been with him his whole career, I think. And what's incredible about that is that Biden has made the wrong decision on basically every foreign policy matter ever. 
So you could blame Biden or you could blame Blinken or you could just say, I'm going to go with the B team. We're going to blame them all here. Just Biden and Blinken. No way. Um, Leslie, good to see you back here as well. I mean, money laundering in the art world, right? It's wild. That's probably why we like gold a little bit, right? Gold. It's like, I get it. I understand it. There's no complexity. I don't have to worry about who's doing who a favor, for goodness sakes, because art is a whole other thing, a whole other thing entirely. Daryl pointing out as well, you got to follow the money and follow the money and follow the money. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> it's really, listen, I love having you here. I mean, we have so much that we do have to discuss and I, I'm a little, I'm worried. I'm worried that there's a lot that could happen. There's a lot of dirty tricks. There's things that do, like, let's not be naive about this. I think it is so important that if the Republicans are going to win in 2024, they have to win big. It's got to be like in Argentina, right? Or Millet just like took the place by storm. I think he won by some 12 points. Everybody was shocked that it was that much. But it had it been like this razor thin thing, then guess what would have happened? You would have had everybody fighting and all the infighting, et cetera, et cetera. So whatever game they're playing on the other side, we actually need to be that smarter. We need to be that much better. We need to be that much more prepared. If absentee ballot is the thing, then guess what? We need a ground game where you're going door to door and you're getting everybody to fill out these absentee ballots. I mean, two can engage in that. And we just need to understand the rules of the road and make sure that we're out there in front and that we're doing the right things. And that if America really wants a change, that America gets it, right? I mean, some of you speculating, again, we keep talking about VP. Trump told us all, you know, hey, what was that the other day? Don't worry about it. Like, it's not going to make or break anyone. He's right. Um, but Vivek is, is, yes, top of mind on a lot of people's lists. Sunshine Happy writing that he was all for Vivek. Look, we'll see. I think that... I, I'm keeping my powder dry. I'm very open to a lot of different ideas. Very, very good people out there that could do this uh, for sure. So we'll see how it all shakes out. <laughs> Somebody else saying, Pat saying, no, no, they're not. They're not the B team. They're the F team there in the White House. Pat, I get it. I get it. I get it. Daryl, you bet. I'm glad to be here. Glad you guys are here. Make sure you go over that you get the audio podcast and I will see you tomorrow. Thanks so much.